Brandon. I'm Matt. Daniel. Okay, so dealing with chapter five and everything, and the whole relationship with the chocolate bar and stuff like that. What do you guys see Paul Marshall's kind of like relationship going towards forward? It's a very downhill, for sure. Yeah, pretty much. I feel like he really is just trying to fulfill like his needs. Like he just wants his needs to be pleased at this point. Like just after like the chocolate bar, trying to be all smooth with the kids, he just wants to get to Lola's heart at this point and really just try and take over and just get what he wants. Yeah, it's very, it's creepy to say. Yeah, the way he's doing it isn't natural at all. It's like he's trying to force a relationship that's like not there at all. That Lola may not even be attracted to him. But I mean, as far as like the video we saw, <laughs> as far as the video we saw goes, um, Lola technically did seem into the whole like Paul Marshall yeah. chocolate mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. but in the book it's not as obvious as the film would mm-hmm. be. So we can conclude like probably different intentions with what Lola wants to do mm-hmm. at this point. It just seems very kind of generic, kind of giving a kid a chocolate bar, and the kids like candy. No, yeah, it's. It's, it's it's like like the modern day equivalent would be like the creepy guy in the in the back of the van with candy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Candy. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's, it's, yeah. This, this is a 19th century version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just seems, I don't know, it just seems like it doesn't seem believable because now they don't do that. Yeah. You want candy? No, I don't want candy. But when Paul Marshall gives. Um, Lola, that chocolate bar. Do you guys think he deliberately exposed himself to her, like trying to like yeah, throw I could himself that, out there? I could see that in a way, but like it's it's just very it's very vague and it's very weird how he does it. Yeah, it seems it seems but yeah, like he said, I'm really out there. Like okay, now I, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to give me candy. You're trying to trying to persuade me to go towards you and stuff like that. I mean, considering the whole like daydream thing, yeah, it does. It just it's insane. Like, it's gonna, yeah, they do about your sister. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's another level of just, just weird. It's right there. And then, like, as he enters the room before, like, he's trying to, Lola's trying to protect the brothers from talking about their parents' divorce and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But Paul is, like, standing in the doorway, just listening and watching them interact, which is. That's crazy. Weird. Well, you guys have anything else? Um, no? No? I think we covered it all. Yeah, I think I had that pretty So, that's the end of chapter five? Alright, so we're back with chapter six. Um, and so I posed a question to you guys. Since this chapter is really all about Emily and like going into her mind, seeing what she thinks, aside from like all the migraines Emily experiences and how she's been experiencing them all throughout the entire story, how exactly do you think the migraines could affect the rest of the story aside from like the medical aspect of affecting her? What do you think they could symbolize for later on in the future? I mean, I feel like it's, it, it symbolizes it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. And you know, and like, you know, like migraines, they, you know, it's, it's pretty much just like a headache, like a really yeah. bad headache. You know? But do you think it would be like a struggle from her husband being away? Like, I mean, I'm sure it's like a bunch of things because like this book is filled with all like some sorts of crazy and kind of twisted things. So I feel like yeah. they all, you know, meet together. But my only concern is what exactly does Emily know versus what she doesn't know that's going on? Because us as the audience, we know everything that's going on. Compared to Emily with just not 
yeah. staying in a room the entire day. Exactly, yeah. Uh, could be the life right there, though. Same room one day, to be honest. But it could symbolize a struggle, and what else do you think it could actually be? Like, do you think it could be a person, like an adversary for her, like in the story? Potentially, like Paul Marshall, since he's an older person, could you kind of see a conflict arise between Emily and Paul Marshall, since she essentially goes downstairs at one point? Yeah, I mean, I feel like with a lot of with Paul though, is like a lot of that will be like kind of like with Lola, mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, and like I remember she said, um, like she was thinking about Leon's life as like a banker, and then yeah. um, Cecilia's life as a student. So like that kind of, I don't know, just like that overthinking of that, all that that went on. Um, I don't know, overthinking too much can really get the head spinning. And I feel like that could, might be a cause of it or something like that. Because that's what ended up happening the entire chapter. She she just kept waking up and falling back asleep and thinking about different things. She kept thinking about Bryony and um, who else? She her, her family in general. She was thinking about Leon, Cecilia, Bryony, uh, Lola, and like how she wants to take care of them, but... She doesn't feel like they love her at all. So I guess That's what I kind of got. Have to put the migraine to it too. Yeah. So do you guys feel like the migraine is more of like a literal thing that's actually happening to her, aside from a more symbolic version of it? I think there is like a symbolic, there is kind of a symbolic version, but the symbolism behind it is what's causing it, you know, in yeah. like a literal sense. Yeah. It's a combination of both. So ultimately, you guys feel like just the migraine is really just being caused from like the actual things happening around her, aside from potentially trying to symbolize somebody else or something else in the future. Like it's really just all the conflict within her family, everybody going to their house. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, things and everything is going on. But I mean, there's still more to be like read about the book yeah and learned yeah because so far right now we think it's just a stress migraine instead of potentially something yeah deeper. something deeper mm. all right well this is the end of chapter six all right so we're back with chapter seven and so we went from emily's mind and we're kind of transitioning over more towards what brian is thinking of at the moment so initially in the chapter she says that I'm gonna quit being a playwright, like, that's not my thing anymore, we're done. And so she starts thinking about what she can do, and then out of nowhere she really just chooses to be like a nettle slasher, and that's completely different compared to a playwright, and that drastic change could potentially show like a difference in Bryony later on in the future. As far as her childish like manner going to more towards like an adult manner. Yeah. But since she's going from a playwright, which is something more formal, more adult like, and going to like plan killer, that doesn't seem very mature to me. Like what exactly do you think the change that could happen to Bryony would be? I mean, all this is kind of um it's I don't wanna say sick, but like just not average for a child to do I mean it kind of is it's good to have imagination but like to like have like all the sudden switches and stuff like that in her personality and her decisions when she's so young I feel like in fact that it just it'll lead to something not positive for the future yeah and like the story describes her as like being creative but in my opinion, from her playwright, the Arabella play, yeah. and from everything else she's written, she doesn't seem that creative. She seems a little bit 
too literal, mm-hmm. especially since she's like... She's going off of what's going on in her life. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, what could be going on around her is going into her writing, which essentially really wouldn't make her that creative except just more of like being able to understand situations, even though she's still naive in a sense because she's only 13. Mm-hmm. So like you could really kind of bounce more towards like Bryony goes from being childlike to potentially even like more childlike to the point where she's just like you could say like senile like mm-hmm. doesn't understand anything no yeah, you're right and then she like also like in her imagination she was like putting herself in the olympics and becoming the best there is period for the needle slasher for needles yeah I, I don't know how to pronounce the first word but it's like a slasher yeah something like that Shrub slasher, let's do that. Yeah, shrub slasher. There we go. Yeah. Um, but she was like self-loathing, I want to say, says the word. Yeah. But she was like, oh, I'm going to become this hero in something that, I don't know, yeah. may not be very... Hero killing yeah, yeah, hero killing plants. But as you can like tell near the end of the chapter, Bryony is literally just saying to herself, hey, there's like no significance in my life. So she basically threw away like that slasher thing, like right afterwards, and she's just waiting for significance. Yeah, at this she literally point. just sits there and like literally waits. Yeah. In the driveway. And then comes Robbie. Robbie mm-hmm. in the which chapter would lead us into chapter eight. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll continue this chapter eight. All right, we're back with chapter eight. So this uh, chapter really is mainly just about Robbie and his thought process of how he's getting ready for the what is dinner. it the dinner yeah. with the all the fancy people and rich people talus family talus family that's what it is um what do you guys think will be like the end result with his relationship between Bryony and cecilia being he chooses this wrong letter and both of them read it i mean considering that he chose Bryony as the messenger like right as a start like that's that's already like no. That, like, she already she's already been stupid in people's business before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But at the same time, from chapter seven, it, he gave her a purpose, mm-hmm. and so that purpose could potentially be a bad thing because since she ends up reading the letter, mm-hmm. she could basically give her the purpose of like destroying um, Robbie's own reputation, mm-hmm. even though it's already going to Cecilia anyways. So it's just like a double whammy, like, you're done for, Robbie. And I feel like the letter itself directly impacted on the relationship. It just, it'll just make it so there is no relationship in my eyes. I mean, she might find it attractive in a way, but like, we don't, I mean, we don't really get an insight in her thinking this chapter was mainly on, um, on Robbie's Robbie. thinking. Cause like there was, I remember reading, there was like, um, like he didn't know, like his, he's trying to think about his feelings or her, he was trying to think about her feelings towards him, and she he couldn't figure out if she was like angry at him and mm-hmm. was trying to humiliate him, or was gonna like use that anger for like some like weird romantic sexual thing that she wants to do. Like he really couldn't figure it out. It's like really interesting. It was interesting to delve, delve into his mind, but like so in a sense he could be considered Paul Marsh Paul Marshall, but in a more tame, more like hmm. I guess contained way. Yeah, more beat the table kind of thing. Yeah. But there's, I don't know, there's always room for development with this book, is what I'm seeing. Is that when you thought something may have been over, it may not, it's probably not going to be over, and they're going to bring it up some other time. 
Yeah, that letter could really just, I mean, it's going, Briny read it, and mm -hmm. Cecilia's going to read it, but Briny could say something to the rest of the family, mm -hmm. say something to the mother, because the mother's actually downstairs. But considering she's never been present, I don't see that happening, but I can see Briny definitely telling somebody else in the family about what's happening between the whole Robbie and Cecilia thing. Because mm -hmm. Robbie's being way too explicit. And, like, Alright, so for chapter 9, it starts off like with Cecilia, she's getting ready to figure out what she's doing for dinner, and then, you know, she goes downstairs and deals, because, like, there's a lot of chaos going on, you know, like, um, uh, let me see. Emily telling, like, the family about the roast, like, she doesn't want roast. Yeah, and then there was, like, the maid that was, um, I forgot the, the maid's name, but she's, like, yelling at all the other, uh, servants. Betty. Like, that's Betty. what it was, Betty. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, it was just kind of all over the place, but... One thing that is revealed towards the end is uh, Brian gives Cecilia Robbie's note, and it's unsealed, which means, and then Cecilia goes, Robbie would never give me a note that's unsealed, so she figures out that Brian had to look at it. So, you know, this is just shows another thing that Brian's done that, you know, really could make an impact on her life in the future, and do you guys, what kind of impact do you guys think that would I feel like oh, good. Oh, no, you're, you're good. I was I was saying it could be a, more, could be a positive effect to some people usually bad things happen in their life throughout the throughout the years and kinda kinda uh, like see it and then don't go back into that trap I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Like so learn a lesson. Learn a lesson from it. So I just kinda feel like it could be a positive effect, in my opinion. I mean um, there was a flashback she had like sixty years in the future. That was reflecting on some moment where she's like, I'm going to stop writing kid plays. I'm going to start actually putting thought into my work and putting a lot more effort. This may be the moment that they could have been referencing that completely changed her perspective and made her start thinking more in depth and more uh, adult like with her writing. So you think like this, her act of just snooping in everybody's business could be like her next story because she's looking for inspiration almost yeah, yeah I, could see, I could definitely see that and like i feel like with like with moderation it could be a lot better but this is kind of like pushing the line a little bit i think which is why i think it would lead to much greater negative impacts and jordan has a point of like it could be ended up being like something like oh i shouldn't have done that i learned my lesson you know but i feel like an immediate response would have a really big negative impact <laughs> All right.